I mentioned the Dockers earlier. They last year surged back into the September mix under Justin Longmuir and after a six-season absence from finals football, they took a scalp in the process as well. So it was a 15-win campaign built from a rock-solid defence that ranked second in the comp across the home and away season. Now, the Dockers were then central to much of what transpired in the trade period as they look to improve their list. There's a new captain and a reinforced optimism out west. But Freo Dockers are in town this weekend and their CEO is with us as well on SEN. Simon Garlic, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sammy. Appreciate you having me on, mate. Did you get along last night? Oh, I didn't, mate. No, I, had a, I actually had a function just prior to it. Um, uh, Bank West, our new co-major partner, had a, a broker of the year function, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. Great to be in Melbourne in the lead-up to our game, but also in the lead-up to round one more. Uh, more generally, I think there hasn't been this much anticipation leading up to a season for a, a fair while. So it was fantastic. Um, caught up with mum and dad and watched the footy on, on a Thursday night, which was fantastic. Uh, beautiful. Well, so Just like, like old times. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> so there's been, you're right, a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation here in Melbourne. Have you felt that excitement back home in and around Perth in anticipation of a new season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I made comment at our season launch, Sammy, that we had um, Post Malone and the Chili Peppers and... <laughs> A red-headed busker who played in front of 75,000 and the UFC over in Perth as well. They were a bit of the warm-up act. We called it a big six-month warm-up act before the, the big show starts um, from an AFL perspective. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great town overall, mate. It's, it's, you know, the family and I are incredibly ensconced in there now, but it's a footy town at its core and um, obviously a two-team town. And they love their footy as much as anywhere. So it's um, it's very much enthusiastic um, enthusiasm all around um, from a from a WA perspective. You mentioned the red-headed busker. He brings uh, a big stage presence. In fact, he brings a big stage literally. Now, the turf's been all the talk here, mate. I know the trucks have been heading over to your home ground. What's it look like at Optus? Yeah, it's coming together, I'm, I'm, I'm told. Spoke to Mike, who, who runs Optus Stadium. Uh, 13,000 square metres of turf. Are currently hopefully knitting well at the moment, mate. The um, the weather's uh, helping us, I think, at this point in time. Um, essentially, we're on the same timeline as the MCG. Um, for the first time in a long time, there's not a game in Perth. Uh, we obviously usually do the the swap around with West Coast on a week to week basis, but both of us over here in Melbourne and, and two home games um, for us next week as well mm. too. So it's a bit of a different start to the season in that sense, but. The experts tend to um, know what they're doing in this in this regard, and we'll get on there hopefully for a captain's run on Friday before our game next Saturday night. Yeah, now we love Ed Sheeran, of course, but did he cost you a home? I mean, should you be playing at home this weekend? You haven't opened the season at home, I don't think, since 2019, right. but this concert cost you? Yeah, definitely, mate. It was certainly our preference. Um, we were very enthusiastic to get a round one start for our members and fans, given what they've, they've meant to us over the last few years in particular. Um but within our user agreement, the, the stadium has the right to, to look at some really significant events three or four times a year. and um, So they had that, that opportunity to do so. It's clearly, a um, as you said, it, it brings a lot, including a fair bit of cash as well. So mm. um, that took pre- precedence in this occasion, which was disappointing. But we also understand the, the, the commercial realities of it all. And the government owned the stadium. It's, it's the best of its kind in the world. And they've got to make a return on um, on some elements of it in 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 addition to, to what we bring from a week-to-week basis. But, um, yeah, it was it was unfortunate in that sense, mate, but we understand the big yeah. picture as well. Fremantle CEO Simon Garlick's been kind enough to give us some of his time on a Friday morning here at the Captain's Run. Simon, with excitement, I suppose, comes expectation. So fifth last year, some big names joined in the trade period. Do you have that awareness that your fans and your members expect another step up again? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a real balance, Sam, in the sense that... Um, 
you know, we, we want to embrace that. You know, we want to be a club whose members and fans expect, you know, sustained competitiveness and contention. That's on the record of saying that's what we're looking to do. We set ourselves some really ambitious goals and aspirations in a, in a five-year strategy, and we, we publicly release them because our members and fans are essentially our shareholders. They, they deserve the right to know what we're planning to do and how we're planning to do it. So um, with that, as you say, with the increased level of performance and, and wanting to contend on a sustained basis, which many of the, the benchmark clubs have shown is, is, is absolutely achievable, um, people expect you to perform. Now, you know, does that always happen in a linear fashion? I think we've seen... You know, a number of sides over the years have done incredibly well for an extended period, but it hasn't always been in a in a direct line. So mm. we we know that we we understand we've got a, we've got a young list, we've got the fourth youngest list in the competition. We think it's very capable, and and we're not putting any ceiling whatsoever on 2023. But we also understand our overriding objective, and something I'm really very confident in is is our is our, um, is our trajectory to really sustainably contend over a four or five year period as well too. So. It's exciting, mate. We, we think we've got the right, the, the makings of the right sort of group, both from a, a, a capability and character perspective, to, to to do what we're trying to do over the next few years. And we're hoping it all starts on um, on Sunday at Marvel. So, do you think Flagman all surfaces again? I know how much JL love that. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not his favourite term. I don't think, mate. It's uh, it, it's certainly taken a bit of a hold, uh, particularly amongst our most fervent supporters. Um, look, mate, we, you know it's. We want our members and fans to love coming to the footy and, yep. and be excited about us. So, um, as you can imagine, Sammy, that's something we're very um, happy for them to be excited and encouraging. But we might take a bit more of a straight bat in that sense and and uh, worry a bit more about the process and let the outcome take care of itself. Of course, of course. So, speaking of the process, this is year two of a four-year blueprint that you released in, I think, late 2021 with the stated aim of one flag, three top four finishes and an average home attendance of 50,000 before 2025. So, it's a it's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? 80,000 members on top of that too, Sammy. Yeah, cool. no, we're heading into year three. So, um, yeah, it is. It year is. Three, Look, right. we, oh, it's, very, it's interesting for me. You know, I was just heading into my fourth year. Justin and I were appointed within a week of each other at the end of, of 2019. We obviously lost a huge portion of 2020 from from a whole different range of perspectives with COVID, as we all did. But um, the fundamentals of our club are incredibly strong. Um, you know, we're, we're relatively young in the whole scheme of things at 28 years of age. Um and whilst we haven't had the ultimate success, we've got a history of you know great Fremantle people who've done fantastic things for our club, and and underlying just from a you know a financial perspective, the, the facilities that we have both as a home base and the stadium that we play out of, um, the opportunities in front of our club are really significant. So we, we've we've based a lot of our work around you know getting the right type of people within the organisation and building a great environment and. Um, yeah, we're really pleased with the progress to date, but we're certainly not satisfied. We think we're on the right track, but we know there's a hell of a lot of work for us to do. But um, yeah, we're, we're not going to we're not going to die wandering by any stretch, and, and we're happy to put ourselves out there. We'd much rather be a club that mm. sets some lofty aspirations and, and makes our, our members and and fans understand what they are and, and, and feel a part of that journey. The one that, that you know quietly looks at hoping to achieve things, but doesn't themselves on the hook. Oh, for sure. And it was the sort of off-season, though, wasn't it, that probably tests your skills when it comes to remembering new names, I'd reckon. So a lot of change. You know, Lob, Logue, Akers, Meek, Tucker, we know, depart via the exchange window. David Mundy, the game's record holder, retires. And then you got Jackson, O'Meara, Corbett, many others arriving. I mean, does it feel like a bit of an overhaul there, Simon, over the summer? 
Yeah, I wouldn't say it feels like an overall, overall in, in the, the sense of um, a massive turnover. I think in AFL footy these days, Sammy, there's, there's, there's probably that amount of change anyway. I think mm. you've talked about some significant players too, which probably adds to it a bit, to your point. Um, but the reality is, you know, we obviously had targeted Luke for a significant way out through, uh, from a significant way out, given his his capability, but also his character. He's an outstanding young man, comes from a great family. Um, and if you think about the types that we brought in, um, Jago Amir, anyone who's had, had had some dealings with Jago knows the type of person he is. And we actually, you know, he's played uh, average 20 games for the last few years. He's in great shape in that sense. Just adds so much to our club on and off the field. The fact that he was voted into the leadership group, you know, within three months of arriving speaks volumes of him. And, and Josh is, you know, cut of the same cloth. So we're... Um, you know, you add that to a really young cohort. If you look at, you know, whether it be, you know, Clark, Young, Brayshaw, Sarong, Walker, mm. um, you know, Johnson, Marasmus, who are just starting their careers, we feel like we've got the core of a young group coming together. Um, and then when you overlay that with the, the likes of the Fifey and 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 Sonny at the top end and a, a sprinkling throughout that high 20s group that are pretty capable. We think the mix is starting to come together well. Were you mindful of that show me the money doco? I mean, Logan, his manager, going into specifics on contracts and, and the player saying he felt unwanted and then Rory admitting the coach barely spoke to him. I mean, was that something that you were mindful of coming out? And how did you think it, it played out? Um, haven't given it much thought. I haven't actually. I've watched the season one, um, but haven't seen season two. So it it sort of doesn't enter. Certainly not into my thinking. We understand there's noise about it around it, and that some of our players were were central characters within it. it felt a bit like a um, a soap opera in a way. Mm. And you know, we, we just work on what we can control and, and worry about. Um, you know, we had a couple of players move clubs for varying reasons, um, and. That's fine. That's sort of the way it works these these days. We're clearly going to make make decisions in the best interest of the club and and bring in the type of characters that are consistent with where we're going. And, and we're really comfortable that we've done that. Just more broadly speaking, outside the club, I mean, does it bother you that there's no head of football appointment made and the football's obviously started? Oh, it doesn't, mate. I, I look at it more in the sense of you know, if if there were significant you know issues that were emanating out of that fact, and, and if if we the AFL was dropping the ball on certain items or, you know, mm. there wasn't the level of responsiveness that you need from your governing body on day-to-day issues, then clearly you'd, you'd, you'd be concerned. But that's just not the case. They're, it's a, they're a very professional outfit. It's, you know, we're getting what we need. Um, the responsiveness is still at the levels you need it to be. So I understand the probably the, the optics of it and, you know, it's something the AFL will prefer to do, but it clearly makes sense also that they're, they're not going to make a critical appointment like that until the CEO's in place. So, yeah, I think it's tracking all fine, mate. Just uh, with concussion, obviously the class action's launched in the Supreme Court this week and perhaps more to come. I mean, Liam Pickens suing his old club or your old club. I mean, do you spend much time anticipating this sort of thing, Simon, or perhaps contingency planning around it? Well, I, I, we think about it in the sense of, um, I talked a lot about the cultural element, but the other key component from my perspective and our our board from a governance point of view is making sure we provide the safest workplace we can for, for all of our people, um, but you know, particularly our players, given you know the, the sheer nature of a contact sport is that it provides that extra level of danger. So um, we certainly work hand in glove with the AFL who you know came out during the week and told talked about all the changes that have been made. 
over over the, the last 10 to 20 years or so. Um, our job's to ensure that we comply to the absolute letter with everything that's put in place. So I think the game, our AFL game in particular, goes above and beyond. I think we're, we're conservative, you know, probably on a national and international level in terms of the way we treat concussion um, mm. and do that well. You know, I think the things you're talking about and the issue we're confronting as a game is the historical element. And, you know, whilst we think we're heading in the right direction now and and uh, fulfilling the duty of care um, in the current times. Uh, we've obviously got to work through and understand um, issues that may may or may not have occurred in the past that, that we just need to understand and make sure our people looked after. Just before we let you go, Simon, uh, the Dockers, were they, as a club, supportive of a team in Tasmania? And if you were to get your crystal ball out, do you think they get one? Yeah, I think it does happen, Sam. And, and as a club, yeah, we, were, we, we worked through that and... and you obviously look at it through the lens of yourself and your own organisation, but also I think the thing we've done as a code that um, has held us in such good stead and I think has helped us become the, the dominant sporting code in the country is is look at the bigger picture. Um, we've all got self-interest as clubs in particular because we're charged with the duty of making sure that we succeed as best as we can. So you tend to make decisions through that lens on a day-to-day basis, but I think you know whether it be competitive balance and equalisation, you know, issues, issues that affect the, the absolute significance and success of the game, um, where we come together as an industry as well as anyone. And I think this is one of those decisions, that this is, this is the right thing for the game. And it's certainly how the, the club felt, um, the mechanics of it and how it's done and done in a way to ensure that you know, current stakeholders and clubs aren't disadvantaged and that the potential team in Tasmania gets off to a really strong start, obviously, has got to be continue to be worked through. But we're the club that's are supportive of it as a whole and... Um, mm. And look forward to seeing you know, how that runs out in the next few months. Simon, you've been super generous with your time, mate. Uh, best of luck on Sunday against the Saints and obviously the season beyond uh, that. Great season last year. Looking forward to seeing you build on it in 2023. Thanks for having me on, Sammy. Enjoyed it.